Drivers who switch and save with Progressive save over $700 on average, and those savings add up. Imagine what you could buy in the future. Remember how 15 years ago I switched to Progressive? Well, I used all those savings to buy that golf club that swings for you. But now everyone who plays golf is really good because, you know, the club swings for you in, in the future, which is now. So switch to Progressive and save big because those savings can add up in the future. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National annual average insurance savings by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive in 2020. Potential savings will vary. There is something profound going on at Skinwalker Ranch, and it begs to be studied. The legend is that things happen on this ranch. What if some of it's real? Whoa, that's a definite being. Who or what could we be dealing with? I didn't believe in the paranormal when I came out on this ranch. And I paid a pretty hefty price. Curse of Skinwalker Ranch. Hi everyone, welcome back to this Patreon exclusive early access. It is episode two of the Skinwalker Ranch watch along. And once again, I am not on my own. I have the wonderful Dan, who you will know better as The Signal from Twitter. Dan, how are you doing today? I'm good, thanks Andy. Good to be here. Awesome. Yeah, and we had some great feedback from the episode last week. Uh, like I say, um, this is something that we have both uh, enjoyed the show and watching it back through. We definitely have some different perspectives and opinions on it that are worth sharing. Just a reminder that um, as we record this episode, it's Saturday, it's Sunday, the 14th of June, and tonight we'll be dropping the Nick Pope interview that I recorded a few nights ago. It's a great conversation and I've cleaned up the audio as much as I can. So if you get to bear with it, there's some great content in there. Last night and Saturday, I spoke to Thomas Winterton of Skinwalker Ranch fame. He is someone who comes up a lot in episode two. That episode will be being released next week as well on the main feed. But for now, this show is a Patreon exclusive. So thank you very much if you're listening to this. It will drop into the main feed in the next week or so. But please consider supporting the show and myself patreon.com forward slash that ufo podcast every dollar really helps or pound or euro you know whatever your base to any currency is acceptable but yeah but thank you very much folks we really hope you do enjoy the content this is a lot of fun for me and dan um just before we kick off dan i wanted to bring up and i mentioned to you just before the show started the the name of the show um i didn't quite realize at first it had two different names and I know it's something we'd spoke about last week, but uh, did you know in the UK it's the Curse of Skinwalker Ranch, but in the US it is the Secret of Skinwalker Ranch? I didn't know that. <clears throat> That's, uh, I guess, the UK slant on it, isn't it? It is, and this is something I spoke to a few guests about in, in Nick Pope quite recently, um, how the UK media kind of treat these subjects, you know, the UFO, 40 and paranormal, whatever you want to call it. It's always with a bit of a, a joke and a snigger. Our media don't take it really seriously. So it just kind of shows with, I, I think, the naming of it being a curse. Whereas in the US, the secret of Skinwalker Ranch, and that is very much what we're looking at. What are the secrets of the ranch? What's happening there? And that's what we kind of want to know and, and what we're discussing. So that was that was an interesting kind of point. Um, before we crack on, folks, we'll, we'll give you a couple of seconds. If you're watching along with us, you can queue up the file. Once again, me and Dan are watching an edited version of the show where it's the full show but there's no adverts that i'll cut out so we can just go straight through um if you're watching along we'll give you a countdown in a few seconds uh if not you can listen to us review and digress as much as we did last week as well and we'll see what comes <laughs> up dan are you ready i'm ready when you are okay so we'll go three two one and play 
So we kick off with a recap of episode one and the Batcopter, sorry, uh, Brandon Fugel's helicopter <laughs> flying over the, the mesa and the desert. We get some strange something interesting lights. about uh, Brandon no, Fugel this week. <clears throat> he did a, a, an interview and he he's never tried coffee. That that blew me away. I think he's never I so tried much. coffee. No, no. Yeah, he, uh, he it survives on a diet of, uh, yeah, a bunch of diet Mountain Dew, basically. <laughs> wow. I do remember hearing once of a, a football slash soccer club owner in the UK called Brooks Milson, who um, he, he owned it was very much rags to riches football team called Gretna, who came from the bottom leagues through to the top league in Scotland. Um, he had right. a diet of cigarettes and Lucasid. And uh, he died a couple of years after, um, kind of coming to prominence. Surprisingly, yeah, like you say, that's not not the healthiest diet. But yeah, Brandon Fugel, you would think a guy like that had lived on coffee, you know, powering through. Yeah, apparently not, though. And you know what? I'm not going to talk a lot about uh, the Thomas Winterton interview because I want people to hear it. But something Thomas did confirm is Brandon, as he comes across on the show, and this has given me a fresh perspective on it, that is him. He is not playing a character. He is not putting on. When when we say he is that dramatic, he is that dramatic. Um, so, yeah, it gave us a nice kind of recap there of the first episode, which was set in the scene. And something I'll say from the offset, I found watching back episode two, again, it still seems to be setting the scene for the rest of the series. I don't know if you felt that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the the event that we started with, the cow, comes in you know, in the, the second half of the season very much. So this is kind of just setting up the the geographical area um, yeah. and the weird stuff, I guess, kind of going through a checkbook list and showing people what goes on here. Absolutely. So we're in the um, the little boardroom, conference room, meeting room that um, has definitely not had the same money spent on it that next door has in that wonderful tech <laughs> headquarters. And it's just shown us again last week where Eric Bard opens the door and he's told to get, we... get the case. Can we talk about the triangle? <laughs> you want to talk about the triangle already? This, is, this has been your thing. Uh, just just to it. say, I mean, it was it's it's been an obsession of mine of mine for a while. Um, and you interviewed MJ Benias this week. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I asked him about it, or you asked him about it rather in your interview, uh, he seemed worried that someone else might have figured it out. Um, he's written an article about it, which we'll see in the future, which is yes. great. Um, I've kind of taken my foot off the pedal on that now, just because I know that someone's done it and I don't need to do that work. I can focus on something else now. Um, and I also don't want to keep food off his table in case I do figure it out. <laughs> yeah, he very much was happy to say that, you know, that was basically going to take the food out of his kids' mouths. Um, MJ Benias <laughs> was episode six of that UFO podcast, and that was a very, very fun interview to do. But yeah, that was your question, Dan. I will give you full credit for that. Um, the magnet, though, the neodymium magnet, tad underwhelming should we say yeah and if you think about it like even though that material exists the the things that happen around the ranch are very on and off they're not in the same place all the time and if there were these big magnets just under the ground you'd be able to kind of zero in on them and go hey look that's a magnet and you know there are other things going on so it's definitely just not just a magnet under the ground yeah um I mean, if you're a fan of magnets, you know, knock yourself out. This might be something that you're like, wow, that is a neodymium magnet. You know, I looked up online just to check and see, you know, do these things come at a really expensive cost? And from what I saw, you could buy them, you know, kind of pen-sized for like a couple of pounds online. So, uh, yeah, 
if magnets are your thing, then you know, awesome magnetology, whatever that might be called. But yeah, it was a bit of an underwhelming reveal for the second week for the start of the show. But again, it just does seem to be setting the scene. Um, they do have some cool equipment. It gives us a little view here of the the tech room as well, and they, they bring out the magnet. Basically, it's it's a demonstration of interference and how the interference affects our phones. I think this is very much aimed at the layman on this show that. Do you know what? We are going to see a lot about interference, a lot about frequency, a lot about electromagnetism, and this is what it is. You know, it's, it's trying to put it in layman's terms, which is which is great. Um, and I think a lot of the science in this series, again, hint something myself and Thomas Winterton talk about, is very basic for a reason, and it's building towards something else. And, th- and that is something you have to do um, when you're kind of putting together a story, whether it's documentary or whether it's fiction, you have to build your case brick by brick. Um, and it might be the, magnet. oh, magnet by magnet. Um, and it might be that, you know, they asked Eric to show the magnet and he said, oh, well, no, it's not really that dramatic. But now they've edited it, you know, in a way that maybe he wouldn't have presented it himself. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, like, at least I know now what neodymium magnets are. Um, exactly. The, the science is not everyone's cup of tea, and there's got, there's a large audience for this that want to see aliens, portals, direwolves, and those sorts of things. However, we don't get to see that in this series. You know, spoiler alert, there are some mysterious things and strange things happen, but this is very much a season, I think, that builds and builds and builds to season two that may or may not be getting released in the future. Um, I'm sure we'll find it out soon. Um, but here we have Thomas's injury. So really interesting. Again, Thomas Winterton will be episode eight of that UFO podcast. That'll be getting released next week uh, towards the end of June. So yeah, Thomas had an injury where after doing some digging on the ranch, uh, he got a pain in the back of his head, just at the bottom of his skull. And it turned out it was fluid separating, sorry, fluid separating tissue from his skull, which he said was incredibly painful, as you can imagine. And we saw some yeah. shots there of the kind of CT scan as well. Um, that's something that he's not saying was definitely 100% related to digging. However, again, if you listen to the podcast and the interview, you'll hear a little bit more on that, which I think will be intriguing. And I don't think it's something many people will have heard before, but he is he's quite sure that the, the injury is related now to the activities on the ranch. I look forward to hearing uh, Thomas talk about that. Yeah, it, it was great. And he opened up really honestly. You see Travis around the table again, very sceptical. We've got dragons shooting mind bullets at Travis constantly <laughs> here. Um, he basically wants to um, piss in his tea by the looks of it. Dragon is, is not really liking Travis at the minute. Um, Travis, though, again, is still very sceptical. And I do think we see a shift by the end of this episode spoiler alert that travis really does start to change into being more of a believer there's probably quite a rapid trans transformation or transition in in his character from events that happen in this episode do you agree with that dan yeah absolutely there there are quite a few events that all happen at the same time or at least in very fast transition that he just has no easy answers for so he has to throw his hands up at that point and kind of go you know what i don't know what's going on yeah and right now it's still very much let's go and do something you talked about the digging you know if, if if you dig, if you disturb the ranch, then things happen. And he's at the point now of, let's go make things happen because I want to see this, which is fair enough. But again, you understand someone like Brian Arnold, Dragon, Thomas Winterton, you know, Eric Bard, they have seen things happen. They have seen events, they've seen injuries. They've seen a lot of weird stuff and they know that it might not, not necessarily be something you want. So be careful what you wish for. I wanted to... Uh... 
<clears throat> I guess kind of apologize for, for last during episode one recap. We spoke about the prayer that was said in the helicopter. Mm-hmm. Um, and Brandon spoke about that in the same interview as the he made the coffee uh, comments. Um, and that's actually his brother flying the helicopter. Um, and saying that prayer is something they genuinely do every time they step onto that property. So knowing that for me, I thought, oh, what? You know, that's that's a much more genuine moment than I guess the dramatic music made it feel for me. Yes. And but that that's the thing. I mean, we talked about this, and I've got notes on here again for some of the things today that happen. The music doesn't help, and that's something I was in a conversation the other day where Brandon Fugel was very eloquently, you know, blasting someone on Twitter for some of the comments and feedback they were giving. Um, I chipped in and I've said I really enjoyed the show. I love the content. You know, the characters are great. However, there are, there are elements of it that they've acknowledged, and Thomas Winterton and everyone else that are a little bit forced. And but that that's nice to hear. And Brandon, it seems, is a very genuine guy. Um, and the yeah. way he comes across in interviews, the way he's coming across on social media, and the way he comes across on the show, it doesn't change. So again, you have to remember this: he's a multi-millionaire, multi-multi-multi-millionaire with a lot of businesses. He doesn't have to do this. This is a passion of his. So yeah, that that's a fair point you raise. That if that is something they genuinely do, and it's not for added effect, then great. So we've got um. Thomas on the show just now recapping an incident that happened where he heard a voice in his head that he is quite sure was an audible voice during one evening. Um, again, you'll hear about that on the interview that basically told him to turn back from from a, a task he was carrying out at the time. And this is basically him now recapping, having a chat with uh, Travis in the car about you know the Utes, the Navajo, uh, and that's something I know you've done a little bit of chatting about last week as well. Um, something I wanted to bring up that I find really fa- interesting and fascinating is the Native Americans are incredibly spiritual, as everyone probably knows or, or, or knows now. Um, that's never something they've lost as, as a way of life. And, you know, they've got that connection to the earth and to the stars. And it's something that's portrayed in a lot of movies, films, TV shows, documentaries. And that, that's very much something that's based in their culture. That's something as a culture we kind of lost. And I discussed that with Sean Cahill about these previous generations that that did keep that connection with the stars. And if you want to potentially say extraterrestrial races, ultra-terrestrial races, you know, different levels of consciousness. And that all kind of ties in for me with the lore and, and the myth around Skinwalker Ranch. Yeah, absolutely. Um, going going back to ancient times, they were very, very spiritual. And I think you're right. You know, every night they would be able to see the snake across the Milky Way um, or the path of souls, as some call it. And it, it just must have been awe-inspiring. You know, now we look up, I was out the other night looking up uh, the Starlink satellites. Um, and I kind of just, you know, shrugged. I've seen hundreds of the things by now. And I was thinking, you know what? Appreciate this for a moment because way back when, <laughs> you know, these things in the sky wouldn't have been there. Um, and it just would have been beautiful. And now I get to do that all the time. And we kind of get to put man-made things out and explore. And it's, it's really exciting. And I appreciate it now because, yeah, and do you know what? There's not many of them in the sky comparatively to what there's going to be somewhere down the line. I think the plan is for 300,000. So we're we're going to get to black, right? So, (laughs) well, yeah, I mean, yeah, just black lines instead of white lines across photos. That's, I know, it's like I live, like I say, in the northeast of England. I know you're down right down the south of the UK. Um, and it's just, yeah, the skies are beautiful and it would be something to be horrible to ruin. 
nevertheless so the guys have been summoned to the mesa get to the mesa is the call over the radio and we get some stunning stunning scenery and that's something i talked about last week it's a beautiful area it's somewhere i'd love to visit um if brandon listens to this and wants to fly us out in his helicopter one day you know i'd accept that as, as a labor of love and a labor of the passion i'm doing you know i would take that burden on for people but yeah they've been called I, out to a bit of a sinkhole in the mesa and jim segala is now crawling out of the sinkhole dramatically very good timing for the camera sir to touch something uh, on something that you brought up earlier when you were saying about the different names in the uk and america cursed a secret in the same way, I'd be curious if, you know, two people like you and I got to go on the ranch because I'd be very excited to go. Um, and, you know, I'd, I'd like to think I'd be able to kind of ground myself and be like, okay, I'm going to be very mindful in this experience. And it sounds like you'd be terrified. So it, yeah. it would be interesting to see how we get reacted to, you know? Yeah, I, I'd be the I'd be the Thomas Winterton kind of every two seconds, you know, every bug bite or any kind of muscle tweak. I'd be oh, oh is there something is it the ranch is it playing it's, it's playing with me I need to go I need to go so I mean yeah I'd totally love to go there but I would be very very wary of everything very aware of myself I think um, but yeah that there, there does seem to be in this episode particularly the first signs of the ranch toying with people and that's something if if you're listening to this you're probably aware of the ranch's history and you've watched maybe some of the other documentaries out there or read some of the books that the ranch does tend to have this playful side where it toys with people and it's worth mentioning there as well that in terms of, you know, the paranormal toying with people, that isn't exclusive to the ranch. You know, you no. kind of get that with poltergeist activity and all things like that, you know. And um, my favorite, the, the Tic Tac incident, David Fravor talks yeah. about these things basically playing with F 18s, Super Hornets, whatever the, the yeah. fighter jets were. So it makes me think of Grant Cameron where he says that these things are just here to kind of say, look, I'm here, come play with me and just show off to us. And it seems like, you know, that that could be one unifying characteristic of all these different phenomena. Absolutely. It's been seen or been interacted with because it wants to be interacted with, you know, wh- yeah, whatever it sure. may be. Hence so the, flashing lights, you know? <laughs> <laughs> that's it, yeah. Because, you know, what's a flashing light? Maybe we'll see some flashing lights later on in this episode, who knows? <laughs> And we see the guys just now, they've got some more scientists out there who are looking at various different things. The the tri-field meters are out, they're looking at different frequencies, different signals that get picked up, and they think there's definitely something. The sinkhole goes down pretty far, but they don't do anything yet on that. And this is what I'm, again, after my conversation with Thomas, I can see a lot more now of why they've done what they have throughout this series. And the, the, the experiments are almost all level stage one. Okay, is this something worth exploring further? And that's what we see a lot of throughout the series. Um, right now, Travis is doing his swashbuckling adventure or scientist um, role. From <laughs> so gung ho! Like you, like you said last week, didn't you? He's like the Brad Pitt. So yeah, let's let's get yeah. the sink call. So apologies for the American accent, folks. But he's uh, he's very keen on getting in there. Not before someone checks out the the oxygen levels, though. Um, so no, like not that, at all. You know, I'll, I'll go first after this guy. Um, so, These guys as well. Let's note, uh, you know, everyone kind of says about, you know, you should get more teams and you should get more teams in. And we have a core team here throughout the season. But throughout the season, they get so many different teams of professionals to come onto the ranch and they all experience strange things. They do. So it's not like it's just one group of people like are affected over the course of the season. There are many, many different people who experience something weird. And then, you know, they probably go home and tell their wife about it, that all the batteries drained and stuff like that. Yeah. <laughs> 
the Travis I love is being very scientific and uses his iPhone torch to shine down and try and measure how <laughs> far down the sinkhole potentially goes. I love that where it's like, yeah, it's uh, looks pretty deep. It's like top sciencing there, top sciencing. But again, I think it does lend credence to the fact that this is happening in a moment and they are trying to keep it natural and this was a, a real event. But uh, Travis right now is starting to feel a little bit unwell. What did, what did you think of Travis's sickness here and, and moment of unsteadiness? Well, before he, he said anything, he seems like, you know, he looks flushed. He gives a look, um, doesn't he? You saw him grab the wall and it, it like, I, I don't think that's, you know, it's definitely not acting. Definitely not. He's experiencing something there and he's had to steady himself and he's done that before he's, you know, said anything. And then the batteries as well. Yeah, that's something they make a point of bringing out, you know, the... Well, I, I do like actually, and if you're being 100% honest, Travis mentions my batteries died and he turns around to, to one of the guys from the other crew and says, your battery's dead too, isn't it? And he doesn't say yes. What he says is, uh, well, it, it shut off. And it cuts, off, right. yeah, it cuts really quickly. Not that that's implying anything, but it's a little bit of a, eh, I could lie to you and say, yeah, but no, it didn't drain, but it did turn itself off, which again is it's just it's something. And I think what we get is... And, and that, that can happen. It might be worth mentioning here. I used to work for Apple. Um, so I used to look at phones a lot when they were going wrong. That was basically, you know, my job in that retail store is my phone's going wrong, fix it. And that was my day. So a lot of the problems that they have here, I've seen not on Skinwalker Ranch, but the level of which, you know, they're experiencing the problem, like a battery draining flat in seconds. I've not seen it happen that fast. You know, I've seen a battery die over the course of an hour or something because it's an old battery, but a battery draining like that, that's crazy. <laughs> you know, I, th- I think um, Patreons listening to this or anyone who's been patient enough to wait and listen to it in the main feed in a week or two's time deserves a little spoiler from the Thomas Winterton episode. Uh, Thomas made a really good point that maybe given there's a lot of camera crew here and a lot of different equipment, maybe some of this really strange stuff we don't see happening was because it affected the actual crew filming them themselves, which I thought was a really interesting point that, yeah, maybe they experienced all those kind of things too. But again, so the guys are kind of getting that confirmation back of the truck just now. Yeah, they're they are giving a lot of that credence to, you know, we're not involved in the main science. We're not, in, you know, involved in, in the Skinwalker Ranch experiment. However, they're basically admitting that, yes, something's kind of going on and it's a little bit weird. So here we've got the guys that they've had a bit of an experience. This is Travis's first proper interaction with the ranch. Um, he's been a bit unsteady, a bit unnerved, and there's a lot more chat around radiation, and they're really starting to build up a picture for the viewers that things happen here, things do go on. You know, it's been a real event. Maybe they're making a little bit more of it than what it would normally be worth, but you have to remember that what we hear about the ranch and that there can be a long, long time between activity happening on the ranch. This is being filmed, so they're going to make the most of anything they can, which, again, is totally fair. And yeah, kind of to your point, they, they're introducing, you know, a hundred odd years of history <laughs> and they've got less than eight hours to do it with ad breaks and stuff. So I can, I, I get why they kind of, you know, it is how it is. Yeah. And like Brandon said on Twitter the other day, as entertainment, let's be honest, it's that you've got to juggle that new audience that they're trying to get here. There's the audience for people like ourselves who are always going to watch this and we're going to look for something new when we know a lot about the past and we know about the ranch, we know about the history already. 
But to get this more into the mainstream, we need something like this that's going to attract viewers. And if it's had to be dramatised and, you know, that entertainment factor to it, as much as some of us might not totally appreciate that, it is a necessary evil, I think, in, in making the series. It was it was very similar with Unidentified, you know, where they focused so much on the Nimitz case. And everyone, we all knew it uh, inside and out. So we need to keep perspective and be thankful that we're getting these opportunities to reach other people because that's what it's about, right? <laughs> Absolutely. And uh, opinions are, no one knows the answer to this for sure. I think even the people at the very top, uh, a Bigelow, a Brandon Fugo, a Luis Elizondo, whoever you want to talk about, none of them know for sure 100% what's going on. They might know a lot more than us or have a much better idea, but even they couldn't say, you know, with, with certainty what the phenomena is. So Again, it is just starting to get that out there and drip feed. The unidentified, I think, for any of us who were hoping that that series one was going to unveil some incredible new piece of evidence or it would finish with, oh, by the way, it's aliens. We were always going to be disappointed. Yeah, for sure. Um, Brandon this week uh, mentioned the web portal again. He's seen a beta of the of the web portal, um, and he said you'll be able to go online and see historical data. Um, there'll be a forum for interaction uh, where you can talk about the data and bring bits of it in to kind of show people things. Um, and it'll be available on a peer review basis. So hopefully that'll be launching shortly. And then people that want more detailed than are given in this show, they can go get that. Awesome. That's good to know. Um, we hear about a lot of portals opening up around Skinwalker Ranch. So a web portal would be would be more than welcome. And here <laughs> we have Bruce Wayne himself back on screen, Brandon Fugo, and his um well, the man he bought the ranch off of. And from what I'm, I understand, the only thing that changed hands was the deeds for the land, no data between Bigelow and Brandon Fugel at all. So we, we find out a little bit about uh, Bob Bigelow, the enigmatic man himself who, of course, once claimed aliens do walk amongst us, and he knows this for certain, which is a pretty bold statement for a billionaire to make. But, you know, he's got nothing to lose. Um, I, I do like, he, the more I hear Brandon, particularly in the second series, and the more he's interacted with people online, the more I grow to appreciate him and respect what he's doing. And that he actually, as, as much of a character as he is, he's because he's got this personality that's made him incredibly successful and gotten to where he is today. So I, I do kind of enjoy him more and more on screen. I don't know what you think about that. I completely agree. <clears throat> he's a he's a really professional guy. He's very straight with people. He'll engage, uh, you know, McWest and have a, a very polite conversation where mm-hmm. you actually have disagreements during the conversation and Brandon comes out looking great, you know. He's just a polite, professional guy who wants nothing but the truth. And long may it continue. We've just had a bit of a timestamp for the episode, and I know we got it back at the start, but this was May 30th, 2019. So we are over a year ago from when you're listening to this show now. Um, But the the show was filmed from around then to, I think, August, roughly, is when it finishes its filming in this series, again, from a later timestamp. And we get our first setup, our first observational experiment that's going to be shown on the ranch. So I was quite excited for this because... I think if, for for me, Skinwalker Ranch is about, I want to see something. I want to see a portal. I want to see a strange light. I want to see some huge six-foot wolf walking across on its hind legs. We're not going to see that necessarily, but this this is for me, it was the first time, I think, in the series, I genuinely got a little bit excited for, oh, what's going to happen now? This, uh, where they are now, is maybe a, a I'd say sixty 
60 second run from where Eric is in the command center. Um, it made me laugh at one point just because they say Eric is so far away and literally he could run to them in about 10, 12 seconds maybe. <laughs> right, okay. So I know your geography has been incredibly good uh, with, with some of the things you've done and I know you're, I think you're going to share some of the maps again on, on Twitter for the episode. Yeah, um, I absolutely will. So something that you can then bring up... Uh, do I want to do it yet? Because they're still, yeah, well, do you know what? Um, they're going to set up and, you know, again, spoiler alert, we're going to see some lights on the Mesa. Now, okay. they go they go over for the first set of lights uh, when there's like a flashing. And again, we're going to see the laser pen coming up soon with the battery dies on the laser. Okay. Again, that's just similar to what we had before. However, there's then a second beam of light that they can't see with their eyes, but they can see on the the camera, how far away are they from the Mesa to where they've set up this experiment? Um, off the top of my head, I'm not sure. But while they're talking, I can check for you and give you a, a decently... Yeah, uh, for me, it was just a case of, do you know what? If, was it really that far that if you saw this incredible beam of light that looked like a car showroom advertising in the background, could they not have... I mean, they had the car with them as well, didn't they? So could they not have driven over? And I know they couldn't see it with the naked eye. But would you not want to peek your head over and at least look and go, ah, oh, there's nothing there? Or was it a case that I, I guess based on what you? happened to Tom, they might be reluctant to. You know, if that if the, the beam is injuring. Yeah. Again, if Travis I mean I'm, Travis hasn't gone full believer yet, you know, it happens quickly, but it's not quite, you know, um it's not breaking bad levels here, Walter White's transformation. But yeah, he, he changes pretty quick. Um and we're starting to see the first kind of light on the mesa. I'm not going to. I'm not going to lie. At first, this just looks like a potential reflection to me. But these guys are scientists and far more qualified than I am to talk about what this was or wasn't. And they seem very certain that this light is not being created or reflected in any way off of the laser they're shining on the mesa. Assuming that it's coming from, so you can see the kind of cliff in front of them where that beam comes down. Um, they are about. 0.3 miles from that so it could be anywhere from 0.3 miles up to about i'd say a mile away so it's a reasonable distance then which is it's, it's hard to yeah. judge from the way they've got the cameras set up and the way they're they're, they're kind of looking across um and i get you know what it's still the desert at night time so as much as we've got a nice camera shot of them standing in a group i imagine it's and this is where me and you differ where you want to camp out i would absolutely be looking for a nearby hotel um, to stay in <laughs> so we're getting a nice nighttime shot that some of them have went to go investigate the reflection uh, travis turns on his little headlight dragons out with him as well for security and eric bard and this this laser is a, a very good example of something that's perhaps because of the events you know if you know what's coming after the laser the laser seems pretty dramatic but if it was just the laser on its own it it's not a lot you know no have you ever used a laser pen yeah and so have you experienced the refraction that gives you those two points as well if you're far away from something yeah it was a long time ago in a previous life where i was a holiday rep for a, a now defunct tour company um but yeah I, I you're right though that if are you are you trying to say that that there was there was a lot of potential there that that was just something that was coming off the pen? Yeah, absolutely. 
Um, I mean, you can see it, you know, as they're, as they're moving the laser, you can see that they're rotating around the central point. Yeah. Um, so it's just, you know, internal refraction or refraction, whichever one. I'll and again, because, you know. again, we're not there. So maybe there was something more to it. It's again, unfortunate that when they get out there, the pen dies and that all kind of stops happening. Um, laser pens dying quickly is something that if you've experienced them happens all the time it's a very frustrating experience and I <laughs> they use a lot of power yeah and a powerful one like that as well I think it is going to suck those batteries up so yeah but but again like I was saying it's not about just this it's all the things kind of around it and this might not be anything but it's the kind of run us through Travis's experience and kind of go okay this this is strange and then another strange thing happens in a minute that's even crazier and you know like the directions thing I was saying about last week taking him on a bunch of directions through the ranch to to explain things to him so he gets an idea of what's going on yeah and you've had a little shot of Thomas there potentially foreshadowing um an incident that's about to happen but he makes a little bit of a grimace himself maybe frustration with the laser pen but obviously we're about to see these um his injury flare up from from earlier in the episode. It must be a uh, very frustrating to be on that ranch. Know that you know you've charged things or have prepared as much as you can, and then everything just you know the batteries die, everything goes awry. Yeah, that that must be a huge frustration. And again, when you're trying to film this TV series as well, and it might be great for the cameras but these are scientists that i think we forget this that while some of this stuff may seem mundane these are experiments that they are really keen on carrying out and are really critical to to the ranch and we've heard and i've heard in some interviews recently they have a lot of trespassers particularly you know now and more so since the the show has aired and you know people are ruining experiments that they don't know are going on that could potentially be two, three, four weeks in the making, a lot of observational things, and someone runs onto the ranch and ruins it and they don't realise and they get chased off. And that's not something we see on the series because they don't want to glamorise that and appreciate that. Um, but yeah, so here, here's what we're talking about then and what you were saying, Dan. We've now got this huge light appearing over the mesa where the clouds are illuminating. What were your thoughts on this? Eerie eerie because it only shows up in infrared right yeah so straight away i'm thinking flair again and thinking of these craft and these things that only show up in infrared that's it's almost like there's there's something there and the most sensitive equipment we get to look the better picture we again of this whole you know almost a maybe an ecosystem of life that just exists there yeah, and that's something episode three, Jason Gleaves, I spoke to about in an interview and his, his background is image and video analysis and you talked about the visible light spectrum and like you say, that who's to say there isn't a whole other a whole other consciousness, a whole other, you know, dimension kind of going on around us that you don't realise. And I know I've I've kind of mentioned just as a way to get it across on the podcast before, but something like a Wakanda where in Black Panther, it's pretty amazing to think there's this whole other ecosystem or other you know, civilization living on the planet alongside us. But if they were so far technologically advanced, then why couldn't that happen? Yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> I once heard a theory about, um, you know, UFOs being like a, a living animal that live in clouds. And it's much like we haven't explored the sea, we haven't explored the sky fully, and absolutely not something I, I, I believe in. But I can appreciate where they were kind of coming from from that. But 
there's there's that NASA video of the uh, the tether, right? Have you seen that yep. one? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, that that's the one that kind of makes me think. Oh wow, is there are there some kind of strange organisms in space, and we just we just don't talk about them, but they're out there. But then that makes me think of space sharks, and I'm terrified. So. So again, just going back, Jason Gleaves, he's got some videos on uh, UF only, his Facebook page, and they'll no doubt be on his Twitter feed as well, where he has that same video and basically circles and zooms in and has his theory is that there are organisms and animals and living creatures in space that are just up there, like you would find floating about in the sea. And that's what he thinks some of these are, which is a really interesting thought. But he well, we often think about it, don't we, that it, there could be multiple different things going on. <clears throat> Absolutely. And now we've got a, a very excited Travis. He's seen this light. We've seen the beam of light going up into the sky, or is it coming down from the sky? I think that's something they talk about later on in the episode or in episode three. But this is Travis is really getting interested now that they've they've heard some strange noises. Um, there have been he's had an incident. He's had a you know a bit of a situation on the ranch. He's seen the lights. Uh, he's seen the phone batteries dying, the RF meters. So he's now, like you say, there's a whole sum of its parts going on here. And Travis is getting a little bit intrigued as to, huh, maybe there's something more to this. And I'd, I'd say by the end of the episode, he's pretty much started to turn himself around to being a bit of a believer. At, at one point, he says that the beam is, it looks like it tracked something. Yeah. So the beam is moving as well. You know, it's not just bursts of some kind of natural phenomena. It's moving. <laughs> it's I don't know, like you know, I've seen steam vents and things, and they always vent in one direction. They're a characteristic. So to have something a concentrated beam like that moving across the sky, it just makes you think of spotlights and of tracking lights and things like that. You know. Yeah, and I did wonder like some kind of trespasser had got on, but then they're not seeing it with the naked eye. And if it is infrared, would a trespasser be flashing infrared lights into the sky? I, I suppose it's a possibility. Um, it's a sizable beam as well so yeah. to do something like that you need a powerful bit of kit to do it um, it could always know, be I'm not sure they'd afford something like that on a TV production budget let alone someone just messing around <laughs> and to be fair though I was about to make the point that would we say it would be on the realms of possibility that any TV production crew looking for something about amazing wouldn't have that kind of equipment to go and set up a scene that would make it look like something was happening that maybe wasn't yeah, absolutely. Um, I don't know if you've looked into the the maybe solution to the Bob Lazar stuff that they were playing with, kind of plasma and things like that. And they produced these giant light towers. Um, if you look up, you know, <clears throat> the experiments, the, the results is these big light towers. Um, and they look a lot like what they're seeing there, mm-hmm. which makes me wonder it makes me go back again you know is there some kind of underground facility that they're just not allowed to be told about and they're doing experiments there and they're seeing the results of this but then there are things that don't fit that as well so yeah and that's something we get to in future episodes is what is potentially under the ranch what's potentially above the ranch as things start to heat up in the series but i think at this point we've got travis who as it gets to the kind of the sunrise starting to come up again you get some beautiful pictures in the background of the, the area um, it must be incredible to film out there and just kind of see that kind of expanse. But Travis is, yeah, is happy with what he's seen. He's happy with the readings. And this is where the, they seem to have Travis's buy-in. But things take a turn for the worst. And Thomas starts reaching for the back of his head where the previous previous injury was. Um, 
he's, he's not saying it feels exactly the same as before and not that same intense pain, but he's, he's definitely not comfortable. One, one of the episodes of the series is called Poking the Nest. Um, and in a way, they don't really stop doing that for the whole season. <laughs> no. And, and that's that. It's like, to what extent would... They, they have done something, and they're about to say in a few minutes, you know, Bryant phones, phones uh, uh, Brandon coming up, and he tells him, we've not, we just shone some lights. We just, but was that enough? Was that enough to disturb something? Was that enough to set something off? Were the lights that were Absolutely. coming back warning lights? Was it something activating? You know, I, I've spent the day uh, watching lectures on um, xenolinguistics, which is alien language. Um, and I made a little note here after I watched the lecture, just because it's worth considering that, you know, how we say hello could be how someone else starts a fight or how someone else communicates or could be looked at as something totally different to us, you know? So we might miss the communication or we might miscommunicate. So it's worth keeping all this in mind as you're watching because it's really hard to interpret the logic of another life. <laughs> yeah, and I, I'd asked recently about um, everyone's favourite kind of alien movies and you think there's, there's two really good examples of what light communication, like Close Encounters... Um, famously has the scene with the lights and the music and it's all very peaceful and you know that that's great it's all very dr stephen greer's dreams at night but then you've got independence day my favorite alien sci-fi film of all time not the, not the sequel the most it didn't have a sequel ever. it didn't have yeah, one I, just, yeah I, I've, I've wiped one. that as well it never, never happened, happened. <laughs> no, just like dumb and dumber um but the, the the scene in that where they use the lights to communicate they send up this army chopper and there's these really intense you know do 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 and it has this incredible part in the lights, and the next thing, this missile comes out and blows it out of the sky. So yeah, as you say, it's it's kind of touched on in a few different movies. But it's a pretty cool thought that maybe something is saying hello, and we just don't yeah. realise it. Just, just, oh, hi. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I don't know if you watch any Brian Cox stuff, but he often speaks about science just being measuring things. And that we know something's not there because we haven't measured it. But the more precise our instruments get, the more we realize that there is stuff down there. You know, we we know that there's quantum stuff down there now as well. And we're only really just beginning to explore it. Um, and to go back to that spectrum that you you said about the the spectrum of light, there's so many parts that we can't see or don't have the precision to see. Mm-hmm. Um so they, you know, there could be things happening in front of these guys that there could be someone stood there waving and they just can't see them because we don't have the instruments. Well, someone who may have the instruments or at least have the resources is Brandon Fugel, who is now on the call with Dragon and Travis and and Eric. And they're basically reporting, you know, Thomas has had this instant flare up again. And, and Dragon is almost kind of starting to get on Travis's side a little bit here because he makes the point of we didn't even do anything that was bad. And it's, it is a little bit like the kids telling dad that, you know what, something bad's happened. <laughs> and, you know, one of the brothers has got hurt, but it's not our fault. We weren't doing anything bad. We were, we were behaving. We were doing what you said. But Brandon uh, isn't happy. You know, he's, he's a really caring guy and seems like a very caring employer as well. I hear he does a lot for the local community and, you know, in his businesses and charities that he doesn't shout about. Um, so, yeah, Brandon kind of leaves us with, he, he's, he's going to come down because he wants to get involved. So we've had the episodes about to finish, two full episodes of setting the scene. And I think from episode three is what really kicks on 
and there were times at the start of this episode I was like, oh, it is just setting the scene again. It's almost like an episode one, but it's setting the scene for what's to come later on in the series. Yeah, there's definitely about, just in terms of the format of these episodes, same with Oak Island, same with Unidentified, about a quarter of the episode at each end is recapping. So whether it's an episode before or whether it's what's gone on in the episode, you do lose, you know, easily, I'd say maybe two-fifths of an episode to just recaps after ad breaks and things like that. It's like a, a like a reverse Walking Dead. In Walking Dead, <laughs> nothing happens in the middle, but it's with the first five and the last five minutes are worth watching. So this is where, do you know what, you want to watch the start and the end, or you don't want to watch the start and <laughs> yeah, the end, but the almost. stuff in the middle is the good stuff. And there's Brandon. So we start to get some kind of cool shots of the, the homesteads, the Mesa, Eric Bard, some of the technology. So I think by this point, if you're a viewer and you've paid attention, you have a good idea of the, the size of the ranch. You've got a good idea of the some of the experiments, the people that are involved. And I suppose you care about the people now as well. And you get their personalities. Speaking of personalities, there's Dragon on screen. But you've got a really good idea that this is a place where someone's spending a lot of money researching something that may or may not be happening. Let's find out more. And and to emphasize again, it is unprecedented access. You know, I, I don't know of any other, you know, I don't think there's a haunted house show out there where they just set up cameras around one house for a season that's had a reputation for almost, you know, over a century to just see what's going on there. It's just not happened. So we've all got to kind of, you know, just say thank you, Brandon, to sharing for us. <laughs> yeah, and, and and that it's not even just the show. As, as, as we get the credits now, the episode's finishing, we have access to these people on social media. You can email Brandon Fugel. He may not get back to you, but these people are accessible in a way that celebrities never were. And, you know, people like me are now benefiting from that, getting to speak to to Thomas Winterton um, in a really good conversation. Uh and getting to actually ask the questions that you didn't, you would never be able to find out in the past that now you can go and ask. And do you know what, Brandon Fugel, you've got this multi-millionaire, borderline superhero character businessman who will message you back if he sees you, you know, and engage with you. So yeah, the episode two finishes. Very much looking forward to episode three and four. I think from a watch along point of view, it's you do have to do a little bit more digging. You'll probably find that in your researching for some of the setup episodes because there are times where maybe not a whole lot's happening, but it is all building towards some of the kind of meatier, juicier stuff we're going to get going forward. It does. And and again, I keep saying it, but similar to Unidentified, there's a lot in it where they'll give you something that you can go Google in the next week before the next episode, you know? Do you know what I would love to see as well would be some kind of social media app or application where... Maybe you could get some streams of the content or, you know, maybe a, a, a live stream now and again um, of a part of the ranch. But again, it's a, it's a it's an, an ongoing experiment, so that's not always possible. But even bonus content, um, some of the stuff on there may seem mundane, but if you wanted to see some of the experiments going on and a little bit more behind them in real time without the editing and the dramatic music and a camera coup, would there be some kind of app, even if you paid for it, that would contribute towards what's going on there? or the local area, or the upkeep of the ranch and the animals, that you'd have a lot yeah, more access. Sure. That would be pretty cool. That's a great a- angle from the conservation side of things. Um, you know, there's a lot of animals out there. <clears throat> um, and I'm sure the, like anyway, the conservation would be important for the wildlife. 
But uh, maybe they could do that through the website. You know, people could subscribe, maybe get access to a bit more of the data or, you know, real time instead of maybe waiting until a day after the episode is to see the raw data that they gathered maybe or something like that. But that's a really great idea. And it would support the efforts there as well. Yeah. And at the end of the day, it's a working ranch. There there are cattle. There's there's jobs being done there that you don't see on camera that you wouldn't necessarily want to watch. um, But yeah, so Dan, episode two has come and gone. What were your, your overall thoughts then? Where are we at? I enjoyed it. Um, a bit more happens. You know, last week it was kind of laying out the geography and you could kind of learn where everything was if you, you've never come across it before. Um, now I feel like we have a good idea of the people, a good idea of the place, a good idea of the kind of weird that goes on there. Um, and a good idea, I'd say, of the the science present as well. Um, I know some of the distances. Um, mentioned that Wi-Fi or power lines could be interfering. And they did go out of their way in the episode to mention when these readings were being taken. They talk about Wi-Fi. They talk about power lines. So I don't think we can uh, say that they're as ignorant of these issues as, as maybe someone make out. No. And if you listen to the episode with Thomas Winterton, when it drops, you will find out a lot more about that as well. And some of the things that you don't see on camera that would back up what you're saying and why it's important to kind of find out a little bit more. So Thomas does go into a lot of detail on that, which was really interesting to hear, actually. And that episode will be out next week. But listen, folks, it's been great again. Um, I'd like to thank Dan for his time. It's been great speaking with you again, man. Um, We will be back next week for episode three. Thanks to everyone on Patreon who has followed. You have absolutely deserved this early access. It's nice to give you something back. We plan on doing more and more of these in the future. If there's something Dan maybe wants to do and look at, that's, again, something we can look at releasing. Uh, On the main feed, like I say, this week, we have the interview with Nick Pope. Please uh, give us your feedback on that. Audio issues aside, the content is really good. And then Thomas Winterton, his episode will release next week. Um, Again, folks, consider going on to patreon.com forward slash that UFO podcast. Make sure the main thing, as I always say for people, is the show that you are listening to it. You are downloading, streaming, you like, review and subscribe. And I will say this till I'm blue in the face that I can't emphasize enough how important reviews are. They do get the algorithms going and the show boosted up in different platforms. Dan has admitted earlier on for his sins, he used to work at Apple and he will know all about Apple and their algorithms and how podcast popularity rely on the reviews as well as the listens. So please consider leaving a review for the show as well. But folks, until next week, Dan, thank you very much. Thank you. And keep looking up. You never know what you might see. To show you how easy it is to file a claim with GEICO, we hired a nature show host. In the native habitat of a suburban driveway, the poor victim of a broken windshield is left assessing his vehicle utterly helpless. Well, not true. 
If he's got Geico, he can file a claim online, over the phone, or with his handy mobile app. But as a lone gazelle, he'll suddenly be left to fend for himself, awaiting his terrible fate. Nope. Geico will assign him a designated claims team to help him out, too. So the gazelle gets his car fixed and everything. Wow. Nature is so cool. Geico. Great service, without all the drama. Yes! Cash for clothes at Plato's Closet. We pay cash on the spot for gently used name brand clothing, shoes, and accessories for guys and girls in their teens and 20s. We buy all day, every day. You can always count on Plato's Closet. If you have trendy styles in great condition from hot brands, we want to pay you cash for them. Clean out your closet and head straight to Plato's Closet. Plato's Closet, located in West Ashley on Sam Rittenberg Boulevard and in North Charleston on Rivers Avenue.